The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. The latest trends and hottest topics, love and sex, handled honestly and with passion. Here's Dr. Lori, CJAD 800. Coming up after 10.15, our Dating Dilemmas panel, where we talk about breaking up, how to break up nicely, properly, how to say uh, goodbye, how to know when it's time to walk away. That's coming up after 10.15, but first... Time to check out our inbox. Your calls and texts are always welcome. Connect with Passion now at 514-790-0800 or 514-800. Remember that you can always email me your questions, Lori at drlori.com. Here's a text I got at the very end of the show last night that I want to share with you. Lori, as much as I'm appalled by pedophiles and molesters, simultaneously I'm rationally trying to make sense of how a physically pleasurable touch, albeit sexual, in a violator's case, can be so psychologically devastating to a child who cannot yet differentiate between right and wrong, nor be sexually aware of themselves or others for that matter. Consequently, it seems that what may ultimately contribute to their eventual distress may possibly be more so what they are later told about their experience by adults and professionals alike, and hence how they later reinterpret it in retrospect rather than the actual direct experience itself. What is your opinion on this view? So I do have an opinion about this, or at least I've For years, I worked with uh, victims of sexual abuse, childhood uh, sexual abuse. First of all, um, you'd be surprised at how young children could differentiate right from wrong. We teach them right from wrong. We teach them about privacy at a very, uh, very young age. Uh, For many people, that physical, many kids, that uh, physical touch is not pleasurable at all, uh, but could be quite painful depending on uh, the kind of uh, of abuse we're talking about. It's also a very icky feeling because it awakens feelings in them that uh, that they cannot connect with, they cannot um, process in their minds. It isn't they become aware of themselves in the world as they get older. It's not that they are told about the experience. Many of them never ever talk about the experiences not even to their parents, not to professionals until later on, or they and they come to that conclusion or they have memories of that happening and make connect start connecting dots as they get older uh, and then decide to go into therapy and uh, and talk about it. So and for many kids they're told it's a secret. Uh, you know, if, if it after all, if it was something that was good, then they should be able to talk about it, right? I can tell everyone if it's not a secret and this is supposed to be good, but no, kids are often told this is a secret or they're threatened not to say anything or or what have you. And kids know pretty young that when something is a secret, it must be something bad or something mom and dad shouldn't know or what have you. Um, also remember, we teach kids about their private parts. We, uh, we, we teach kids about privacy. Like these are all things we teach young kids, whether we do it, whether the school does it through that kind of sexual education. And you're also forgetting it's something that isn't in their control, um, at all. The other thing that is, can be very, very confusing is that for those kids, 
who get molested, who experience, um, let's say, a genital like pleasure simply because their body is responding physiologically and it doesn't make sense to them. Eventually, when they understand their uh, how their bodies work and and do become sexual, what do you think? That first experience comes up for them, and then that that feeling of of what I mean could be all kinds of feelings can come up uh, with that. So one thing is for sure, it's a huge breach of trust, especially because most kids are molested by people in their surrounding, uh, whether family, extended family, family, friends, what have you. Uh, so it's a big breach of trust and boundaries. So it's not just simply that they have no effect until somebody tells them what happened later on and then it's in retrospect. That isn't at all what I have noticed uh, when working with people at all. All right, let me uh, get to a couple more questions here. I've been with my husband for 10 years. We have two young children. Uh, we have sought marriage therapy, but it didn't work. There are There's still tons of yelling and unfortunately in front of the children and it is still going on. I find that I am no longer physically attracted to my husband. In fact, I don't even like him. After years of being talked down to, I find that my spirit has been uh, crushed and I've noticed that my uh, children are starting to talk to me in the same manner uh, that their, that my husband uh, talks to me. At what point do I say enough is enough? Well, that's interesting. We're talking about breaking up today. Um, I have the family support if I were to leave with the kids, but just the thought of raising my children without their father in the house is sad and frightening to me. I can certainly understand how it can be frightening to be on your own and what have you, but you also have to think of the damage being done living in, and I will say what you describe is an abusive situation. A partner who keeps putting you down, talks down to, yells at you constantly is an abusive situation. And um, you have to think about what message your children are learning. Like what is the template you are providing for them about marriage, about relationships, about how uh, people are treated. And in fact, by um, staying in this type of relationship, you're essentially letting them know that it's okay uh, to be uh, treated this way. So if your partner doesn't want to go into therapy with you, which I would highly recommend, even though the first round didn't work, find another therapist. Sometimes it's just the connection, um, whatever it is. I mean, it's not like one size fits all. You have to find one that, that works for you. And encourage and say, look, this is, I will stay as long as we both go, we get help together. If he doesn't want to get help, get help for yourself. Uh, so you have uh, the psychological support to see what you, uh, what you need to do and how to handle the situation. So that would be um, what I would recommend. So the texter about the uh, pedophiles and molesters wrote back, but that's my point. The devastation seems to always creep in it in retrospect, as opposed to directly and immediately following the experience. You're right, but that doesn't make it any less, uh, it doesn't make it any less psychologically devastating, but that retrospect can happen a year later, two years later, 
it's all about consciousness and and the and child development. Obviously, a two year old child has no idea what is happening to them, but at five years old, when they're more aware of their body and they're more aware of differences and they they become more aware in the world, they may um, reinterpret that. Uh, situation and may look back and say, hey, wait a second, and may tell somebody. And certainly as they get older and older and are aware of sexuality uh, and are aware of what's right and what's wrong, um, so it may not be on the spot unless there was physical uh, damage and physical uh, abuse along with it or threats or fear or, I mean, there, uh, abuse isn't a one, one way. There are so many, unfortunately, so many different ways that people uh, um, manipulate uh, children in order to use them as sexual objects, which is horrible and uh, is damaging regardless. I mean, in most cases, yes, that's what happens. And of course, we have memories of our history, of our past experiences. We filter them with the knowledge that we have of the world as we develop. We're not born completely knowing everything. Like that just, it only makes sense. Uh, but that's a big issue nonetheless. Uh, coming up, we have uh, Frank Kermit, Fritz Gerald Morisot, and Christine Mucciardi who will be in studio with us talking about uh, breaking up. We posted on Facebook as well. What are the best ways to break up uh, with someone or maybe best ways you've experienced of, of breaking up? What are some of the worst ways you've had somebody break up with you or that you've broken up with? We want to hear from you at 514-800. Your relationship's on the line. Connect with Dr. Lori now. 514-790-0800. Passion. News Talk Radio. CJAD 800. Tonight, Dating Dilemmas on the program. As you know, for the last uh, 10 years or so, uh, Frank Kerman has been our dating coach leading this Dating Dilemmas, but uh, he has decided he needs, he has other projects, and uh, he's going to step down, make room for others, I guess, uh, and uh, and go on to bigger and better things. It's a very bittersweet moment right now. I love Dating Dilemmas. I love doing the show. This is my choice. I'm stepping back. I've been given an amazing opportunity. Great. I've been given an amazing opportunity. It's one of those things where you can't say no. Right. Well, we're going to follow you, and people can still follow you on Facebook, and I know you're going to be pumping out more books. More books, more (laughs) projects, and... uh, uh, a few more enterprising things happening too. Good like, for I'm you. not talking. I'm not going to give the details. All everybody has to know is uh, some good things are coming up. Great. Well, that's exciting, and we're excited for you. Of course, we're very sad to uh, say goodbye to you, which is fitting, I guess, if we're talking about breaking up. Although I don't feel like we're breaking up. We're just, you no, know, we're just uh, <laughs> we're we're, we're kind of moving on. We're moving on we're a little bit. <laughs> right in studio with us, we have Fritz Gerald Morisot of Elite Speed Dating, as well as uh, Christina Mucciardi, who's here of Cook and Date. So we've got Fritz from Elite Speed Dating, uh, Christina from uh, Cook and Date. So very excited. We have two different types of things uh, that are you're both very involved in the dating world. So that's uh, fun. So our listeners will be able to get. Uh, some insight as to some of these things. Now, we get asked questions all the time. When are we going to have, you know, dating events for 50 plus? When are we going to? So you guys will answer that, <laughs> I hope. And I know, Christina, you just had a, a wonderful event that we had some listeners actually um, 
text in and tell us that they went and they loved it. Yeah, so there it was, was great. And it was great. Right. Uh, so let, let's go to the phone lines, actually, and speak to Tom. Hi, Tom. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Not too bad. Thank you so much. I uh, just have a message for Frank. Please. Um, I know it's your last show, Frank. Uh, I just wanted to say I really enjoyed listening to you on the show. Uh, I tune in regularly. Uh, your advice has helped me a lot personally. Oh, and good. I just wanted to, to let you know I'm, I, I am a little bit disappointed that it's the last show, but I just wanted to let you know that you'll be missed and just wanted to say thank you. Well, thanks, Tom. Thank you very much, Tom. Very, very much appreciate your call. But you know what? Um, Frank promised that every once in a while he'll come back. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll just we'll just let you know he just can't commit because of all these other projects. But don't worry, I will rope him back in here soon enough. Trust me. Uh, thanks so much for calling in, Tom. Uh, we have Ted online. Hi, Ted. Hi, Hi. Um, Dr. Roy. I'm a longtime listener. Oh, wonderful. And, and your your kind of stuff that you do helps me in my daily work that I work in the legal area, and you oh. know, I get to refer you guys to, oh, look, listen to the lawyer. She's on tonight, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> and yeah. I'm, sorry that, I'm sorry that Frank's leaving because I've really enjoyed it. He has a certain way his mind works that surprises me when he comes up with stuff. Yeah. Do and you I, like when I, we I really, argue a lot? <laughs> yes, I love that. love that. <laughs> but anyway, so I just want to say thanks, Frank, for being there. And I'm glad, Laura, you, you answered my question because I want him to come back once in a while. Yeah, yeah. We'll make sure he does. Don't worry. Okay, great. Don't great. worry. <laughs> Even if I have to bribe him. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Well, this is Dad. getting interesting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now you're interested. I have to bribe you <laughs> oh, to come good. in. Ted, thank you very much for your call. It's very appreciated. Thank uh, you. Best ways to break up. Is there even a best way? I like that you posted it online, and there were quite a few people who responded. So I want to share some of these uh, these comments. Always say, it is, it's not you, it's me, which actually means it's you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Always be kind so not to hurt feelings. But sometimes when you say, it's not you, it's me, it is it is me. Like, I'm not feeling it. Uh, it's not what I'm looking for. It's not what fits with my value. So it really is me. Right. The thing is, though, that uh, the biggest issue when people get dumped is they want to know why. They need some kind of closure. Right. And simply being told, well, I'm not feeling it. It's not you, it's me. It doesn't give them the answer they're looking for. Because what they want to know is, is it something that I can change? Is this something, is there something I'm doing that I'm not aware of? Is there, you know, if this keeps happening to me, you know, when we've always talked about this. patterns. Mm -hmm. If the common element in all of your dating disasters is you, then you have the power to change that. But you have to at least be aware of what you're doing that's pushing people away. Right. And sometimes people just want to know, why am I being dumped? The other side of this is when people do the dumping, when people do break up, they don't always know why they're breaking up with the person. They're just, quote unquote, not feeling it. Right, exactly. But they cannot articulate it. Right, which is hard then to give somebody closure when you're just not feeling it. So is it enough to say, I'm just not feeling it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Could- and. And for some people, that is enough. Okay, they're not feeling it, I'll move on. But for other people who say, and I think uh, before the show, uh, our panel here and I were discussing this, you know, what happens when everything's going well and then somebody just ghosts? Oh, yeah, that happens, seems to be happening quite a bit, this whole ghosting 
phenomenon thing. Do you have people, Christina, uh, telling many, you this that many, happens? Oh, many, yeah. Many. It happens a lot, a lot more than I think even people realize it. And we were actually talking about this before and we we're saying how, you know, if it's ghosting from an event, let's say that people meet and one person calls the other person, they never answer. That's one thing, you know, that happens right. a lot. Right. But, you know, when the relationship is quote unquote going well, it's a few months and all of a sudden they just come back from a trip or, you know, they're talking about the next step moving in together. I don't know, whatever, and and then they just stop calling. Disappear, right. Stop answering texts. Yeah. I hear that quite a bit. And they don't know why. And that person, that's the thing. They come back saying, I don't get it. I don't get it. And it could be something very simple, very honest, but because they ghost, they don't know what what happened. Right. And there's where you really get no closure, not even a I'm not feeling it thing. Mm -hmm. You can assume they're not feeling it, but then you're left with so many more questions well, sometimes people ghost because they uh, connect with someone else mm-hmm. and they don't want to have to go back and explain, well, I met somebody else. I reconnected with my ex. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of other things that might come up that they don't really feel they want to share. Or they don't want to hurt somebody's feelings when mm-hmm. they they think, well, you know what? I, I really don't think that person is for me. Like, uh, And then they don't know. I actually believe that now it's the norm. <clears throat> Sorry, okay. I believe that now it's the norm. Like from the moment that you someone started breaking up by texting, then ghosting became okay. <laughs> <laughs> it just got worse from there, right? Exactly. The text breakup, so, right? You know, at one time I think people would say, "I don't want to hurt their feelings." I don't think that's true anymore. I think people are breaking up or ghosting or whatnot because they don't want to deal with the unpleasantness of having I, to break I, up. I, I would agree with you exactly. on that. I think that we don't want to deal with that. We don't want to deal with the aftermath of somebody's hurt feelings, um, which would be questions like why or exactly. whatever. They're uncomfortable so, with the negative emotions, so they try to avoid the situation. But avoiding right. it doesn't allow you to develop the social skills you're going to need to make a long-term relationship work. Because even point. in the best of long-term relationships – People fight, they get into tiffs, they have bad days, they take it out on their partner, they don't mean to. And you have to be able to work through that if you want to have a long-term successful relationship. Well, dealing with telling someone, hey, I'm I'm really not liking what's happening here and I don't think we should see each other anymore. That's part of the social skill building that dating is supposed to offer so people can have the successful long-term relationships. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well said. Yeah, mm-hmm. very well Wait said. Wait a minute. Is the whole panel agreeing? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> it finally yes. happened. It took, the, it took my left time. <laughs> Here's an interesting question for you that we got on our text board at 514-800. Um, I'm a mid-50s gay man. Recently, I was on a date. We met four times. Had a lot in common. Even had a similar fetish, although I was more into it than him. He revealed another fetish that put the brakes for me. He liked wearing Depends adult diapers, while doing his business, wanted me to do the same. I just could not do this as it repulsed me. We did not date again. Was I wrong in telling him I was not interested in pursuing a relationship? Why would you think you'd be wrong? You're allowed to be, uh, if you feel repulsed by a particular fetish, and if that person needs that fetish to in their sexuality, it's like values. If they don't match, they don't match. With the understanding, though, is that... Are you talking about 
the structure of the relationship. Okay. Now I know we don't have a lot of time, so I'm just going to speed right through this. It depends on the relationship you're structuring. If you have a relationship structure that would allow him to go experience that fetish with someone else Mm -hmm. and everything else is there and you already have some type of flexible boundary where I don't have to like it as, and as long as you don't do it with me, you can go ahead and do it with other people. Right. Some people do structure That's true. non-monogamous mm-hmm. relationships, especially with fetishes are concerned mm-hmm. because they're primary And partners. more so in the gay community, actually. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So if, if the issue was he insisted that I have to be with you and you're not into it, you did the right thing to say, this is not going to work. Let's move on. Right. If, however, there was a chance to explore the possibility of you can explore that fetish with someone else, just like you can explore other fetishes with someone else, then maybe it might be time to reevaluate. Wait, I got to wait, wait, wait. What? Okay, one thing here. <laughs> so I, I get it that uh, if he could do it with someone, this, my problem with this, Frank, yes, is Frank. why does it have to be with someone else? If you're in a relationship and like This is four said, dates. They met four times. They're not in a relationship. Okay, they're... Okay, well, which, we're talking which... about like we can break up or not pursue, <clears throat> continue and pursue a serious so uh, relationship. So therefore, four dates, you're right. You're good for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, if you discover wow. later on, well, hold on. Exactly. I, I know where you're going with this, Fritz. This is our dating dilemma. <laughs> this is our dilemma right here. Um, if let's say you discover year, like a year into a relationship that Correct. your partner has a particular fetish that repulsed you and now suddenly says, this is what I want us to do. Uh, that would be difficult for, I mean, you could get past it by, uh, of course, talking it out and seeing if there could be a compromise and seeing yes, how it exactly. could be worked out. But imagine discovering something that important to them much later in the relationship could actually be very devastating to the relationship because the spout, the partner can feel quite betrayed that they weren't told about this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's also part of so, it. So yes, I agree with you a hundred percent. Not only they could feel betrayed, but also maybe it's a time to reflect on your own values because there's maybe there's something that you would want to do that they probably didn't want to do. So you know, find a compromise, talk it out. Sometimes you can talk find a common, a, a, a medium place and other yeah. times you cannot. Five one four eight hundred. It is our dating dilemmas uh, in studio with us. Frank Kermit dating coach. This is his last one. So if you want to get in uh, some talk with him, Now's your chance. Fritz Gerald Moriso of Elite Speed Dating and Christina Mucciardi of Cook and Date all here talking about uh, breaking up, how to break up. What is the best way? Do you have your advice for breaking up? Please don't say ghosting. That isn't a form of breakup. That's just a disappearing act in my books. Uh, but like, let's give, you know, let's make this a little community to see how we can support each other and look at uh nice ways to break up, if you will. Uh, So we'll address that after we check in with our CJD 800 newsroom. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. From the pleasure to the pain and everything in between. Passion with Dr. Lori. News Talk Radio, CJAD 800. Dating dilemmas tonight on the program in studio. Frank Kermit, who is a dating coach of franktalks.com, has been on the show now for I think 10 years doing this with us, which is amazing. Uh, but he is uh, moving on to other projects, uh, so wants to take a break. I told him I'm not letting him off the hook that easy. So if I have to do it by phone, I don't care where you are in the world, Frank, I'm going to call you in. And you're just going to have to take my call. 
We will see. <laughs> I'm starting to feel harassed here. <laughs> uh, Fritz Gerald Morisot, I know, will be around uh, of Elite Speed Dating. And joining us, and who will be a regular also, is Christina Mucciardi of Cook and Date. Uh, so that's fun, too, because we have two types of dating events that you could participate in. And you all you have to do is sign up on their websites, and you'll find out when the events are, right? Mm-hmm. Free to right. free to join, free to sign up. So. Yeah. Uh, you can do that at uh, either EliteSpeedDating.com or CookAndDate.com. I've got a bunch of questions here for our dating dilemmas. Um, I'm in a long-distance relationship with a girl who visits me every couple of months. She's great, and I feel very well connected to her. Only problem is that I don't feel sexually interested in her, and it's been like that the past year that we've been together. Aside from that... Everything is great, and I feel that she's the perfect girl for me. What should I do? It's not the first time I hear this. Like every, you know, the person is perfect for me in every which way, but I don't have sexual attraction to them. How do you get past that? Can you get past that? Yes, you can get past that. There's very specific things I'm going to suggest you do. Number one, you don't allow yourself any sexual release so that you save it up. In other words, you don't masturbate. You don't watch any sort of no porn. uh, No. Well, no porn, no nothing that is going to give you a chance to use up that energy so that when you're with her, you have a lot of pent-up energy already. Okay. Remember, the body is in stimulus response. It will eventually associate pleasure with what you associate pleasure. So even if it's something like, and this this applies to couples who are in arranged marriages, how do you end up being sexually attracted to somebody over time that, you know, you were basically assigned mm-hmm. to be married? And that is, if you only allow yourself to have a sexual release or sexual pleasure with a certain stimuli in time. And I think the number is something like 21 times regularly in a consistent fashion. uh, Your body will be conditioned to respond to that the same way that somebody who uses a particular sex toy or, or, or a fetish. That's one theory of a fetish. Yeah. Is that the more you do it, the harder it is to become turned on without it. So Mm -hmm. you apply the same thing there. Uh, so that's basically one way to do it. Right. And, and that's great, Frank. And, but I don't. <laughs> I, <laughs> but, but. I love the but. I saw the but right okay, there. Okay. But I believe, I'm sorry for for this call. They've been dating and for the past year. But it's a long distance relationship. They only see each other every couple of months. Like it's hard to develop a true intimacy when you're that far away from each other. Right off, yes, the, well, right off the yeah, bat. I agree. Right I, off, I find long But they were well. they were intimate before, from what I'm understanding, and then it's only been the past year. You, you, I don't think you can get past that at this point, um, from what I'm understanding. Mm-hmm. If it's a long-distance relationship, I think it's more than just the you're not sleeping together. She might be a great friend, or he or she. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking maybe that time for the relationship is now past. Um at least int- intimately. I'm not saying you can't yeah. be. Mm-hmm. Also, maybe it's, you know, you are far away. You're only seeing each other every three, exactly. four months. So maybe that stimuli is not there. It's not. So it's like friends. Yeah, yeah mm-hmm. we're friends. You know, we're- let's also remember that one of the reasons that people struggle in dating is that they're attracted to a certain type. And they won't deviate from that type. But sometimes that type is not good for them. 
-hmm. Well, how do you stop dating people who are not good for you and you start becoming attracted to people who are? The answer is you go through the same behaviors Mm -hmm. and actions and you say, let's see, I'm massively attracted to person A, but person A is bad for me. I'm not really attracted to person B. Person B is good for me. How do I develop an attraction with person B? Yeah, well, can I? I want to. Can I go back to that release thing? I don't think that works the same way for women. I just don't. Um, I, I think that may work for men. Um, just like men are more likely to have fetishes than women, far more likely well, to develop have, that association. But it's women having the main problems with the sex toys. Where they start using a particular sex toy and then a real human being just doesn't do it for them anymore because they have conditioned their bodies to respond to it's the sex ju- toy. It's not that they've con- – they, but also because a sex toy gives clitoral stimulation like no hand can or no mouth can. It's exactly. Not, it, so that, anything but, else that goes there isn't going to fulfill what they what their body is now used to. I understand, but it's we're talking about attraction, which goes mm-hmm. beyond – Beyond the clitoris, it's in the and, it's in the brain. And this there, is the male, right? That's that's yeah. This is a, the male, a male talking, couple. but I'm switching it. I'm, okay. I'm saying, what if it was the other way around? What if it was uh, a woman saying that? I don't think that that same rule applies. Like, don't masturbate, don't look at anything. Because what about the women who don't? Well, it, it, it may well, not have anything to do with I, that. I completely disagree because in the situation of friends with benefits, it's the woman who has sex with somebody and ends up getting attached, even if at first she just found them as a good friend who's, okay, good friend, I'm willing to have sex, it's decent decent looking. What happens after they have sex? It's usually statistically that, oh, the woman is going to develop feelings because she's already started having sex with them. That's why I tell every woman who says, how do I get attracted to this nice guy that I that's really great for me and he's great, but he's too nice. Start having sex with him and you're going to end up feeling attached to him the same way that you sometimes. feel attached to the that, guy. That can work sometimes. It doesn't work all the time. I've known quite a few situations where that didn't work, where it, it, the same, it just didn't work. So it could be that it doesn't work. There's such a thing as not... Yeah, like I find women who have a type, but it's more character. It's not type. I don't, I'm not no. even. And it's not even about the type. Sometimes it's an energy, mm-hmm. a chemistry. Like I don't even know how we can describe it because it, it could be somebody t- totally not your type that mm-hmm. you're completely attracted to. Because your emotional needs are met, and when a woman's emotional needs are met, primarily she doesn't want to feel like his mother, and nice guys evoke the mothering instinct. As long as that guy stops evoking the mothering instinct, she will feel attraction. It's not a choice. Mm-hmm. Who you're attracted to is not a choice. That's why you end up dating people who are not good for you. Right. Mm-hmm. The nice guys, through the course of hopefully having sex and becoming very good at it, and to any guy, nice guy listening here, be proficient at sex. You'd be surprised how well that works in your favor. <laughs> yes, I agree. <laughs> okay, let Practice me let perfect. me uh, let me ask a few things. If you're with someone you don't drive with sexually, this texter says, and can't resolve it, move on. You only suffer staying in that relationship. Okay. Maybe not uh, make it a relationship. Be friends with benefits first and mm-hmm. see what happens. I agree. And maybe you're not talking enough about what y'all, uh, y'all, <laughs> y'all. <laughs> each other like and correspond to. So maybe you can get in sync of, you know, I'd like to do this, but they don't really want to do that. But, hey, talk it, it out. could be some things. Uh, this is our Dating Dilemma show. Frank Kermit, Fritz Gerald Morisot, and Christina Mucciardi are in, uh, in the studio with us. I have to agree 100%. My girlfriend was a... Uh, FBW and after three months of constant sex we're now two years together living together and planning on having kids and getting married so yeah 
definitely agree with what he said. So FBW means friends with benefits, I guess. Um, yeah, you start off as a friends with benefits. You see what's there. And sometimes being friends with benefits, it's a nice way to ease into things. Being friends with benefits means you do it in secret. You're not telling anybody about it. You try it out, and if it works out, great. And if it doesn't, well, you tried. Mm -hmm. Another text says, but doesn't sexual compatibility play a huge role in intimacy and bonding within a relationship, in which case, how can you feel close, comfortable, and vulnerable with someone romantically if the sexual attraction is not initially there? But I, I do agree with Frank that you can develop, you can develop sexual attraction, and I see this in arranged uh, marriages or uh, marriages that begin with very little knowledge of each other, mm -hmm. where there's an initial something that said, yeah, I can go out with that person. Like there was enough there that said I would date this person. Mm -hmm. And then eventually uh, that that kind of thing evolved. So we'll talk more about this um, with our Dating Dilemmas panel. Frank Kermit, dating coach, Fitzgerald Morisov, elite speed dating, and Christina Mucciardi of Cook and Date. So if you have any questions, uh, tonight's your night. And I've got lots and lots of texts on uh, best ways to... Uh, to break up any suggestions on your part uh, let us know it's sex out loud and you're welcome to listen in passion on cjad 800 dating dilemmas tonight on the program in studio frank Carmet, dating coach of franktalks.com fritzgerald moriso of elite speed dating.com christina mucciardi of cookanddate.com all here to give and share their uh, dating advice so lots and lots of questions uh, let's see. Can you please, oh no, best way to break up. Explain in some way that I need to find spiritual, spiritually alone. Worst, that's some, yeah, somebody who says that. Worst way, faking being in love and breaking up little days before leaving alone. I'm not sure what that means, but, uh, the faking, the pretending, the reeling in, the baiting. Some you people, know. some people, because they feel bad that they're going to break up with somebody, really hype it up and say, oh, you're so great, you're so wonderful. They want to leave them with a good experience and then disappear. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a really mixed message. Very. And they think that they're, and again, although people say, I'm doing it to spare the person bad feelings, no, you're doing it to spare yourself Your from having to right. deal with something you don't want to deal with. Another texter says, can you please explain the psychology behind a man who says he doesn't mind sharing his girlfriend with another man should she require the additional party, although not necessarily in a threesome? Or, or is it a fetish of his per se? Okay. So you could talk about like people who, who are, there are people who are good with consensual yeah. non-monogamy and others who can't. See okay. There is such a, such a thing as a person being cuckold where they get turned on by the idea of watching their partner uh, have sex, their woman have sex with other men. Uh, there's a book called Sperm Wars that actually looked at the psychology and the biology of this. Mm. What happens is when a man thinks that his wife or girlfriend is with other men, uh, he'll feel the instinct to masturbate. Mm -hmm. So that the next time he has sex with her, it's going to be an even more intense orgasm because it's not a conscious thing. It's a biological thing. He believes she may have been unfaithful while I was away. So for that reason, he is going to produce an extra level, higher level of semen to try and fight off the semen that may be inside her. Hmm. So the in orgasm becomes more intense for him. 
Interesting. And so he turns that into the more intense orgasm. Hey, I'm really turned on by watching it. Now, that's one aspect. The other aspect is for people who do practice polyamory or some form of Mm non-monogamy, there's something called compersion. Compersion is the opposite of jealousy. Mm-hmm. In jealousy, it's all about, I don't want to lose the person. I don't want the person to leave me. In compersion, you feel a sense of pleasure, a sense of warm and fuzzy when you see someone you love getting pleasure, even if it doesn't involve you. You're not threatened that the person is going to leave you for the other. You feel, I'm so happy for my partner. Who's getting all this pleasure. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I hear from uh, people I've interviewed who are swingers, let's say, who who have you know casual sex with strangers or what have you with their partner there. That's exactly the thinking. I love. Like I remember uh, one guy saying, "I love to see my wife be pleasured and enjoy it, like mm-hmm. enjoying herself." And basically, that's so that's what was talking about. Uh, another texture says, "Breaking up is always so messy. No matter how grown up you try to be." I've always tried to do it nicely because I care about the person or I would never have dated them. The older I get, the more I know what I can live with and what I can't. It's to the point I don't want to date anymore. Just can't always know how they will react. I think it's why people ghost others. Just the easier way to not experience drama. So this is about avoiding drama, which I get. I get. Like once you've made your decision and you're like, okay, I don't want any any drama. What, why do I, think, what do I need this for? I still think they deserve that first, you know, initial breakup. I mean, if there is drama, too much drama, ghost, fine. You know what I mean? But that that, what do you think? I think I I, I why not? You know, the first, I'm sorry, it's not working out, fine. But mm-hmm. then you know, definitely. I agree with you, Christina. Like you tell them, but if they're we were saying this, if mm-hmm. they're st- being stalkerish. Yeah, yeah, ghost. Maybe call nine one one. Yeah, well, that's that. That's the thing. Is I think that's what this text is saying. It's always like you don't know how uh, <clears throat> they will uh, react. I just want to share something. A text that just came in. We will miss Frank Kerman. He's so knowledgeable about relationships and has helped us and our friends with their relationship dilemmas. Please try to bring him back to your show as often as possible. I'm well, holding you, you to much. that. So thank you very much. You better be back. A couple more texts uh, in terms of how to break up. Be honest and kind. I like that. Kind. As soon as you know it's not going to work out. Um, I've always been the one to do the telling. Just be honest. Try not to get into, into too deep a conversation. Just explain it uh, like it is. I've often found that one of the most efficient forms of breakup is not to talk about how you feel, but just to focus on an incompatibility. Mm-hmm. When someone tells you, I'm just not feeling it. Well, feelings can change and that might give a person false hope. Right. If you're talking about an incompatibility, you want X in your future. I want Y in my future. It's just not compatible. Right. People are more willing to accept that, and the closure is a lot faster. I agree. Mm-hmm. It's like you have this kind of lifestyle. I may, I want to lead this kind of lifestyle. The two aren't really compatible. I like you. You're a really great person, but like we're just not compatible Absolutely. in that way. And then it ends nicely. That's like right. it, you can actually be friends. It, maybe you'll be friends with benefits, whatever mm-hmm. it is. But it's a a very different kind of ending. Another texter says a lot a lot of the time someone gives me their number because we have a connection, wants to be intimate or affectionate, but not wanting a relationship. Yet others who are friends 
think they are in a relationship with me just because I'm nice to them and we do activities together. Somewhere someone's not being clear. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you're spending time with someone who otherwise wouldn't spend time with you, chances are they're interested in you. Okay. So you have to be aware of that. Right. You can't, you know, and if this has happened to you in the past, it means that you can be aware of it going forward. Mm-hmm. And when someone else wants to be intimate with you faster and you're not interested in that, then you might want to look at that because if you are interested in a relationship, what is your boundary regarding how fast you want to get intimate? Mm-hmm. You got to remember, dating today is very different than the <laughs> la- than it was 10 years ago. I think so. Nowadays, dating it brings in a lot of risk. And mm-hmm. you don't, nobody wants to be taken for a fool and nobody wants to be used for their resources. So a lot of times people are going to want to jump into the sack sooner to find out, look, are we compatible sexually? Is there any interest And here? then move on to a relationship And then talk thing. commitment. I've, he- I've heard this from a lot of younger people. It says, yeah, you have sex soon because you want to make sure, you want to see that you're compatible. Yeah, you don't want to date somebody for three months and find out that, the, eh, well, the sex is not that great. Or Nobody wants to wait the three months anymore. So you have to make a very clear decision. Everything is fast, fast, fast. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last text of the evening. Another thing that's important is to be open about your desires and fantasies with the person you're having sex with because if they're on the same playing field as you, it's much easier to develop feelings for someone who is classy in public and then very naughty person with you and maybe someone else. Get what I'm saying? If only people would be so open about sex and see it as a form of pleasure and intimacy and releasing stress from daily life, people would be more happy and they'd be less cheating going on just be surprised of how open someone can be if you were open and show them that there's nothing wrong with that if it works for their philosophy again it's having the similar philosophies that's based on the premise that well sex is this well for some people sex is more than just a release from the stress exactly well we've come pretty much to uh the end Uh, so frank i want to say goodbye good luck it's been wonderful having you here with us. I know you're going to be back because I'm going to call you and you're <laughs> going to come back because, you know, I can be tough. Hmm. Uh, so I'm sure we'll be hearing from you, but people can still find you. You're uh, very Frank, active on Facebook. Look, I'm still coaching. And if anybody wants to uh, connect with me, franktalks.com, sign up for my newsletter. I'm still going to be around. I just won't always be in studio. Regular. Exactly. Yes. We may do it by phone. We you decided we may just call him up. Um, Fritz-Gerald Morisseau, com. Is there an event happening coming up soon or what? Look at the website and you will see it. Uh, and sign up enough. for sign free. Up. Right. Uh, EliteSpeedDating.com. What about uh, CookAndDate.com? Christina, anything yeah, happening? We have three of them coming up right after the um, the spring break. So okay. the week of the 13th or whatever, the weekend of the 13th, we have three of them for okay. different age groups. Oh, wait. Wonderful. So people can sign up there at CookAndDate.com. Dot com. If you need to get in touch with me, drlaurie.com. Uh, or you can connect with me on social media at Dr. Lori Batito. Thank you very much to Dave Simon, our technical producer. Thanks to all of you for your texts and tuning in. Really appreciate it. Um, coming up next on CJD, the CTV National News. You want to say one last word and say goodbye, Frank, to our well, listeners? To everybody who ever <laughs> called in, everybody who ever listened, and to the, my Friends and colleagues here to you, Dr. Laurie, to CJD. Thank you. It's been a heck of a ride. ride. Well, thanks for having you here. Uh, Have a great rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion.